Hollywood can be fake, fickle, and even deadly. For Marilyn Monroe, she learned this the hard way. Marilyn Monroe was found dead in her home on August 5th, 1962. It was ruled a probable suicide by authorities. The star had a history of mental illness and substance abuse. However, conspiracy theories about her death have swirled ever since, some more plausible than others. But who wanted her murdered? Was it the CIA, the Mafia, or the Kennedys? We also talk about the paranormal aftermath. You see, Marilyn Monroe was a true LA girl at heart, but is she one in the afterlife? Many have claimed to have seen and felt her in and around the Hotel Roosevelt and the old Cal Neva Hotel and Casino. What about her Brentwood home, where she spent her last moments of her life? We talk about this and much more on episode 12, part two of the true crime and paranormal aftermath of Marilyn Monroe, Hollywood's true lady of sorrow. Are you fascinated by mysterious legends, the paranormal, or UFOs? Do stories of murder, missing persons, and con men send you down internet rabbit holes? Did you grow up watching the TV show Unsolved Mysteries? Does Robert Stack's voice haunt your nightmares? Then our podcast is for you. I'm Liz. And I'm Samantha. Join us every Wednesday as we discuss the original Robert Stack episodes of Unsolved Mysteries. Follow along with us on Amazon Prime or just tune in for our weekly podcast. We are on iTunes, Google Play, and social media at... Perhaps it's you. Hey, guys. We missed you. I hope you missed us. (laughs) (laughs) Please please love us. Please love us. (laughs) Please. (laughs) Welcome back to Hollywood Paranormal. If you definitely caught our first part of Marilyn Monroe, our two-part series, The True Crime, Paranormal Aftermath, Marilyn Monroe, Hollywood Lady of Sorrow. I know if you're just tuning in, please stop this uh, episode and please listen to the first one. Yeah. And if you've listened to the first one and now you're tuning in to our second part, welcome back. We missed you. (laughs) All right, guys. So you heard it in the beginning right there. We're going to be talking about her death, the moments leading up to her death, the theories surrounding Mm -hmm. her death, which are pretty interesting. Mm -hmm. And of course, the moment you all have been waiting for... Ghosts. Ghosts. Maryland ghosts. Ooh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sexy ghosts. Boobs. I mean, boo. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So we're going to be talking about the paranormal aftermath of this beautiful actress. She still lingers in and around Hollywood driving in her pink Chevy. Mm-hmm. Apparently, people have seen this pink Chevrolet around town and a blonde. I'm like, no, I think that's Evangeline. Oh, yes. Can we please do an episode about Evangeline, even though there's no paranormal aspect whatsoever? When I lived in West Hollywood, I would run into that girl. From behind, she looks like she's 20. In the front, I'm like, whoa, a little too much plastic surgery. Uh So in the 80s, this woman was like a big figure in and around Hollywood. She was just like this blonde Barbie that would travel around Hollywood. She's just famous for, I mean, I use famous... In air quotes. But she literally, if any of you who don't live in LA don't know what we're talking about. (laughs) Sorry. uh, Because you wouldn't. There's no way. (laughs) She's literally so well known in Hollywood for being in Hollywood. And nothing else. And for driving a hot pink Mm -hmm. Corvette, which she still drives. It's updated now to this very day. I know. And she bought a billboard near our school. And I was... (laughs) 
<laughs> aghast. I literally stared at it and was like, is this real life? Like, what is happening right now? I love how she would always double park. Oh, my God. At the pavilions. Always double park. Yep. Bless her. Bless her. And I think she even wrote a book about her life. <laughs> Oh, Lord. Yes. God bless. We're going to be talking about Marilyn's death and the events leading up to her death and everything. And what I find so interesting about her death is just not about her, but it's just, man, how would I put this? Blondes really don't have fun. Mm. Blondes really don't seem to have a a lot of fun. They seem to get killed off in Hollywood. Mm -hmm. Like you have Marilyn Monroe. You have Sharon Tate. Mm -hmm. Not No, Mae West lived her life. Mm Um, you also had, who else, who else? Thelma Todd. Thelma Todd is another one who was also killed off. She was another blonde bombshell that was killed off too. Well, and it's like, how far do you want to take that? Because you look at Nicole Brown Simpson. Like, yes, I mean, there I'm going to start listing names because there <laughs> is a type. Yeah, there is a type. Jean Harlow. That's another one. Mm-hmm. Carol Lombard. Um, yeah, I said like uh oh Jane's Mansfield mm-hmm. Jane's Mansfield was another one that or she wasn't killed it wasn't intentional mm-hmm. it was an accident but others claim that the occult had something to do with it cuz she kind of played around with that especially with a particular leader here in Hollywood who mm-hmm. was a big occult leader and I'm thinking about doing that in our second season about Jane Mansfield because mm-hmm. that's another that's another crazy well, blonde. We already talked about the Manson family. Oh my god, yeah. And again, there is a type. Go Burnett. I <laughs> I honestly like it when women go from blonde Jackie to brunette. I Kennedy think it's amazing. Jackie Kennedy lived her life. She did it. Yeah. Yeah. Angelina Jolie, she still made it. You know, she's yeah. still rocking it. Brunettes have fun too. They guys. have. They have fun nowadays. They get. They get more roles. It's, yeah, sure. It's serious to this day mm-hmm. that brunettes are getting more roles than blondes. Because mm-hmm. I remember a lot of the students that would come into the school would be blonde, and then all of a sudden they turn into a brunette mm-hmm. because they're getting more parts. Now, the reason why that is uh, that is a cause um, is because it's easier to light brunettes than it is to light blondes, apparently, on film. Yeah, very interesting. So, okay, we're I blame, bantering. <laughs> I would say, I blame everyone's obsession with manic pixie dream girls, but <laughs> lighting, too. That's hilarious. We'll just blame lighting. That's just what it is. That's what we're going to, like, pretty much Bless. just leave it out to. Bless, yeah. indeed. Ugh. All right, guys, so we're going to talk about Marilyn's death. Now, she had just gotten done with the Misfits. She mm-hmm. just had um, a divorce from Arthur Miller mm-hmm. and a miscarriage prior to that, and she was involved with the Kennedy brothers. Mm-hmm. Now... According to the night or the morning of her death, Marilyn Monroe was found dead on August 5th, 1962 at her 12305 Fifth Helena Drive home, which is in Brentwood, mm-hmm. uh, in Los Angeles, of barbiturate overdose. Marilyn Monroe spent her last day Saturday, August 4th at her home in Brentwood, accompanied by her publicist, Patricia Newcomb, housekeeper Eunice Murray, photographer Lawrence Schiller, and psychiatrist Dr. Ralph Greenson. Mm-hmm. I'm grinding my teeth every time mm-hmm. I say his name because I freaking cannot stand him um, at various times. Now, at Greenson's request, Murray stayed overnight to keep Monroe company. At approximately 3 a.m. the next day, she noticed that Monroe had locked herself in her bedroom and was unresponsive. Murray alerted Greenson, who arrived soon after and broke into the room from the outside, finding Monroe deceased. Her death was officially ruled as a probable 
suicide. Mm-hmm. What am I doing now, Bryce? There's so many air quotes flying around. <laughs> and you do the eye roll. Mm-hmm. By the Los Angeles County Coroner's Office based on precedence of her overdosing and being prone to mood swings and suicidal ideation. Now, uh, no evidence of crime was found and accidental overdose was ruled uh, out due to the large amount of barbiturates she had ingested. Her funeral was held on August 8th at the Westwood Village Memorial Park Cemetery where she was um, interred at the Corridor of Memories. Joe DiMaggio took care of all the funeral mm-hmm. arrangements. Which is kind of sweet. Yeah, which was really sweet. He really did love her and he yeah, and her They still... actually were weirdly on good terms when she died. She Yeah, had, like, they were friends. Re- they had become friends. They did. And he kind of nice. plays a role into... You know, the reports of mm-hmm. like him being, or I think it was him or his son that was on the phone with her before, you know, she passed. Mm-hmm. Now, um, after listening and reading, you know, what happened on that night and the day before that night, the CNC Music Factory once quoted in the song, things that make you go, hmm, mm. because it just looks very, very clean cut. Like this whole report looks too clean cut, but there was a lot of, holes in this case Mm -hmm. per se so most historians agree marilyn monroe endured a terrible ordeal now this is just leading up before her death um during her stay just days before her death at the cal neva in lake tahoe which was owned by frank sinatra and was the rack pack hangout if you would have heard in the first part Mm -hmm. this is where she you know may have hooked up with jfk because there Mm -hmm. were tunnels underneath guess who was hanging out there too Peter Lawford. Uh, Peter Lawford, who is, you know, the brother-in-law to JFK, who's married to his sister Pat, was there. Many witnesses stated that she had a terrible meltdown and was escorted back to her cabin, which was cabin number three. Now, as she was being escorted back to her cabin, she was molested by two mobsters, Skinny D'Amato and Johnny Rosselli. Now, she had stayed here for only two days, and she decided to leave abruptly, and she had overdosed that day as well mm-hmm. so there were also claims that she had overdosed at the calneva well and if you remember from our episode about the casting curse which yes. i know we keep referencing but we really love the sound of our own voices yes um <laughs> she was on barbiturates she was taking a lot of pills to go to sleep and then to counteract them she had to take a lot of pills to wake up it's why she was late to set it's oh, yeah. why she was put in rehab semi-forcibly before the filming could continue. Mm-hmm. So she's on a lot of medication right now. That she was drinking down with a lot was, of yes. champagne. So there's a lot happening Oh, right she now. was mixing a lot. Yeah, she at this point was at her, well, she was at her breaking point. Mm-hmm. You know, like she had just gotten divorced. She had experienced a miscarriage. And now she had just been, you know, either raped or molested by two gangsters. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's already at her boiling point. So she, from what reports had stated that... Um, she had overdosed at the hotel and there were even some wild claims that she overdosed and died there at that and that they transported her body back to her house and this was all on the orders of peter lawford Mm. because he was there so this is like let's call it theory number one theory number there's so many (laughs) (laughs) because uh peter lawford would have wanted this whole arrangement to happen because marilyn monroe was after and very thirsty for 
the Kennedy brothers, but JFK in particular. She had an affair with, you know, John F. Kennedy and Bobby Kennedy as well. And she was willing and ready to make their affair known to the public Mm -hmm. along with other secrets that were shared during their pillow talk. Mm -hmm. So that couldn't happen. And the Kennedy brothers had a little powwow with Lawford and... This could have been another theory. Mm-hmm. You know, this was just one possible theory. Um, the reason why this was a bit probable is because, like I said, in the first part, the tunnels, um, there were tunnels underneath the hotel that were built in the 20s. And the only thing that survived in 1937. And, of course, Frank Sinatra comes in and, you know, restores it because the building also suffered a fire. Mm-hmm. So the tunnels were used to run liquor up and up and down from the lake and hide um, comings and goings of gangster celebrities and politicians. Mm-hmm. So they were thinking, well, maybe her body was transported underneath one of those tunnels. Maybe, you know, she was going back and forth trying to find the Kennedys Oof. and so on and so forth. But uh, Monroe spent her last day alive Saturday, August 5th at her Brentwood home. Now, this is also clarified in other statements, mm-hmm. which I feel is a little more legit. Mm-hmm. In the morning, she met with photographer Lawrence Scheller. So she also had other individuals involved to discuss the possibility of Playboy publishing nude photos taken of her on the set of Something's Gotta Give. She also received a massage from her personal massage therapist, talked with friends on the phone and signed for deliveries. So there's also those documentations, mm-hmm. too. There's signatures of um, deliveries that she accepted that day. So it just goes to prove that she was alive mm-hmm. the day before. Present at the house in the morning were also her housekeeper, Eunice Murray, and her publicist, Patricia Newcomb, who also stayed overnight. According to Newcomb, they had an argument because Monroe had not slept well the night before. Now, at 4.30 p.m., Dr. Ralph Greenson arrived at the house to conduct the therapy session with Monroe and asked Newcomb to leave. Before he left at around 7 p.m., he asked the housekeeper to stay overnight and keep Monroe company. At approximately 7 to 7.15, Monroe received a call from Joe DiMaggio Jr., with whom she had stayed close since her marriage to his father. He told her that he had broken up with a girlfriend she did not like and detected nothing alarming in her behavior. So she telephones Greenson to tell him about the news about DiMaggio's parting from his girlfriend around 7.40 to 7.45. Now, Monroe retires to her bedroom at approximately 8 p.m. She received a call from actor Peter Lawford, Mm. who was hoping to persuade her to attend his party that night. Lawford became alarmed as Monroe sounded like she was under the influence of drugs and told him to say goodbye to Pat, say goodbye to the president, and say goodbye to yourself because you're a nice guy before drifting off. Unable to reach Monroe, Lawford called his agent, Milton Ibbins, who unsuccessfully tried to reach Dr. Greenson and later called Monroe's lawyer, Milton A. Mickey Rudin. Rudin called Monroe's house and was assured by her housekeeper that she was fine. Hmm. According to LAPD reports, approximately 3 a.m., the housekeeper woke up, and I say this with flying finger quotes, Mm -hmm. sensing that something was wrong and saw light from under Monroe's bedroom door, but was not able to get a response and found the door locked. She telephoned Greenson, whose advice she looked in through uh, a window and saw Monroe lying face down on her bed. 
covered by a sheet and clutching a telephone receiver. Now, uh, Greenson arrived shortly after he entered the room by breaking a window and found Monroe dead. He called her physician, Dr. Hyman Egelberg, who arrived at the house at around 3.50 a.m. and officially confirmed the death. At 4.25 a.m., they notified the LAPD. Mm-hmm. Hmm. <laughs> Things that make you go, hmm. Mm-hmm. So Monroe's autopsy, autopsy was conducted on the morning of Sunday, August 5th by Deputy Coroner Dr. Thomas Naguchi. The Los Angeles County's coroner's office was assisted in the inquest by psychiatrists Dr. Norman Farborough, Dr. Robert Littman, and Dr. Norman Tabachnik. These interesting last names <laughs> from the Los Angeles Suicide Prevention Center, who interviewed Monroe's doctors and psychiatrists on her mental state. Based on her advanced state of rigor mortis at the time she was found, it was estimated that she had died between 8.30 and 10.30 p.m. The toxicology analysis concluded that the cause of death was acute barbiturate poisoning, as she had 8% milligrams of chloral hydrate and 4.5 milligrams of part uh, pento barbiturate or nebutol in her blood and mm-hmm. a further 13 percent milligram of pento barbitual in her liver empty bottles of these medicines were found next to her bed by the police there were no signs of external violence on the vi- on the body the findings of inquest were published on august 17th with chief coroner theodore Corfrey classifying Monroe's death as a probable suicide with finger quotes. The possibility of an accidental overdose was ruled out as the um, dosages found in her body were several times over the lethal limit and had been taken in one gulp or in few gulps over a minute or so. Hmm. Hmm. (laughs) Which... All right, we can start talking. Great. (laughs) Tag me in, Coach. I can tag you in. The things. (laughs) That is the official story. Exactly. Of how she died. And it is riddled with inaccuracies. Oh, many holes. So many. First, like, where do I even start? Where do we begin? I'm like getting real, like, ramped up because it's so crazy let's start with the housekeeper let's that's let's a good place start with eunice oh eunice whom <laughs> in interviews is just so frustrating you just want to shake her uh the first in sort of problem i have is that the housekeeper finds supposedly finds monroe's body and then waits almost four hours to call the police. And her excuse when she was questioned about that was that she had called essentially the psychiatrist and the publicity aspect to, yes. to decide what should be done. Oh, yeah. So the fact that her first instinct isn't to call 911 <laughs> is incredibly questionable oh, to me. Oh, for sure. That's not what you do. Like, that's shady. As a fuck. And, so I was watching this documentary. Of course. And one of the things was that Monroe had allegedly told the housekeeper that she was going to be fired. That, like, she didn't need her to stay on anymore. Oh, shit, I didn't know that. hmm So, again, that's... Probably a little speculative, 
right? That's a conversation God, between two women. Yes. But the housekeeper did release a book or like release and then had like interviews and all of these things. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to bring her up later. I don't want to like give away the whole cake right now, but I know I couldn't <laughs> think of the phrase. Ooh, cake sampling. Ooh. Um, but that's my first problem is that you find a body. Yeah. You wait hours to call the police. And when the police get there, they find the housekeeper doing laundry. I'm I sorry. Saw- <laughs> I saw that. I saw that because Sergeant Clemens is yes. the first one to be called. And he is like, the fuck? You're doing laundry? Uh-huh. She's like, yeah, washing sheets. Like, yeah. Like nothing happened. He's like, you're... Your boss is in this room dead. Uh-huh. So apparently, <laughs> and that's the thing. It's obviously, so when he's called, he initially thinks that it is like a prank of sorts because like the way that it was called was like, oh, Marilyn Monroe is dead. And he's like, okay, well, this, like no one would say it like that. Like, right. It's so aggrandized. Like, mm-hmm. it's so silly. So he gets to the house and the she's there doing laundry, which if it's any kind of death, if... I need to say this. Don't touch anything. Don't move the body. Don't move the sheets. Don't do the laundry. <laughs> like, why that that? It's just so it's just, shady. It's just so many holes. Mm-hmm. But yes, he's on the scene. But he also notices, too, the body looks like it's been repositioned. Mm-hmm. And there is an issue, too, at hand with the glass. Now, Dr. <laughs> Um, shady fuck, as I like to call him, Greason. Um, he had to break into her yes. room. Now, apparently, there was glass inside. Right. When it was no glass outside. Right. So that is something that he noticed. He's like, well, if you're outside breaking in, how come there's no glass outside? There's glass in the inside. Right. And then he notices, too, um, well, I see all the barbiturates laid out, neatly screwed. Yes, so this is <laughs> let's let's jump into the second massive hole is the just the scene in general mm-hmm. is off. Yeah. Most of the time people who commit suicide are I I hesitate to say dressed for the occasion, but that kind of is the sentiment of like if not dressing up for it, uh really meeting the moment, let's say. Yeah. So the fact that they find her naked is right away incredibly unique that is not the normal situation for a suicide Mm -hmm. which is very morbid and sad secondly the fact that there is no chaos the bottles are all screwed back on they're lined up like you were saying Mm -hmm. it's a very neat almost dare I say medical setup Oh, yeah. The pills. Also, they, the type of drug that she's taking, she would not have been able to physically swallow that many pills Mm -hmm. without the aid of water. There's no (laughs) glass anywhere Anywhere. in the room. You know, champagne, because she was known to do that too. Any liquid. Nothing. Any liquid. So again, what does that mean? Does the housekeeper clean up the scene? Is she the one arranging the bottles, putting them on? Again, don't touch anything. I wouldn't be surprised if Eunice did that. I'm I mean, like, oh, bless her. Oh, she did. Okay, let me yeah. fix these bottles. So again, <laughs> and the type of drugs that they are, yes. she would have passed out before 
she would have been able, she could have killed herself. That's not the problem. Right. But the level that they find in her toxicology report, yeah. you physically could not swallow pills fast enough no. to hit those levels. Especially the amount of pills that she had, too. Yes. I mean, it is essentially a miracle feat. She's either swallowed the most amount of pills in like the history, mm-hmm. or she didn't die from the pills. Right? right. That's the other problem. So there's all these things about the actual crime scene. Like, let's just call this hole number two. Yes. Because it just does not make sense. In the crime scene, there's no note. Mm-mm. Um, the pill bottles are nicely screwed. Um, mm-hmm. The cap, like the caps on top, they're all tightly screwed, too. Mm-hmm. Another thing that Clemens noticed, too, was like her body being repositioned as if it was staged. He, uh, he also notices, too, um, you know, the glass inside. Mm-hmm. It looked like it was staged. Like, make it look like someone broke in and killed her. Also, another thing that struck him kind of odd was her room. It looked like a room of a drug addict. It didn't look like a room of someone who was, you know, depressed. Mm. And of course, like all it was was her bed, a dresser, several bags on the floor. Mm-hmm. There was no decorations, no like frames, no pictures, no nothing, no memorabilia. It was all just bare. Mm-hmm. So that he found kind of odd as well. Like mm-hmm. it just looked too staged. And then we go into the autopsy too. There was. Ooh. Yes. There were also no sign of poison in her system or her stomach lining. Coroner. Oh, yeah. yeah. Hole number three. Hole number three. uh, Coroner Dr. Miner, who helped perform the autopsy, stated that she may have been given an enema. Some theories have stated that Marilyn had taken sleeping pills, enough to knock her out cold since she has been having problems sleeping. And Eunice was then given orders to administer the enema her guess who guess whose request mm-hmm. at greenson mm-hmm. greenson who was also claimed to be given that request possibly by lawford right and so now the problem with the toxicology report and why i think it's the most important hole it's a big hole yeah is that it is it just can't add up no and i said this to you right before we started anytime there's any kind of discrepancy with the coroner's activity, the coroner's report, the toxicology reports, I automatically assume foul play because there are so many structures in place for that position specifically. There are very specific rules to what you do to get a toxicology report, what you are and are not allowed to do with the body as a coroner. Right. And you... In order to sign the death certificate, you have to have all of the – what I'm trying to say is anything that you claim as a cause of death, you have to have the paperwork to back that up. You can't just be like, oh, it's a suicide by pills and just pull that out of nowhere. You have to have the toxicology numbers that match that. You have to be able to document where you're coming up with the cause of death. And none of that adds up. No. The numbers don't add up. The drugs in her system don't add up. It's all, and yet there's still a two copies of the death report, which is not allowed. You're supposed to have one, one and exactly. only one. Uh-huh. So the fact that there's two is wrong. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, there's nothing backing it up. It's just being signed off with no evidence to back it up. It's not the way it's normally done. Yeah. Huge hole. It reminds me of George Reeves. Yes. That whole case. 
it just kind of like parallels in a way why mm-hmm. the friends downstairs took a while to call the police mm-hmm. you know the angle of the bullet entry in the wall it just all didn't make sense and the unique you know coroner's report mm-hmm. it just all these holes once again we, we come across these holes so this also leads us to possible suspects yes. if she was murdered let's look at the suspects so we start <laughs> with freaking dr greenson mm-hmm. fact dr greenson and anna freud uh, admitted in letters to each other that they were abusing patient transferences to obtain money from patients to fund the anna freud center this represents a huge motive to murder mm-hmm. uh, to the murder of Marilyn. where did Marilyn's estate go after her death right to anna freud through dr marianne Chris. Mm. So Dr. Chris was also working with Anna Freud to fund the Anna Freud Center, acting as Anna Freud's money man in Los Angeles. Dr. Ralph Greenson also became the president of the California Jack chapter of the Anna Freud Center. So this was, um, there's also rumors that him and Marilyn had an affair mm-hmm. during this whole session of her psychoanalysis. Mm-hmm. And both Dr. Ralph Greenson and Dr. Margaret Hohenberg were cocooning Marilyn in the days and month, months leading up to her death. So there are details in a book called Marilyn Monroe Unveiled a Happy Family History, where Dr. Greenson was at Marilyn's house the very day she died. And, um, of course, continuing to be there after, to the point where he charged the estate for Saturday, August 4th and 5th of 1962. What a total douche. Mm-hmm. Money hungry. Mm-hmm. So right there, people believe that Dr. Greenson had something to do with her death because yeah. of either Peter Lawford and the Kennedys. Mm-hmm. And there's also a lot of money involved. Mm-hmm. So right there... There's the estate. There's the money. He's like, well, if I help them kill her, mm-hmm. then I could probably, you know, grab a lot of this money and go to town with it. And there's a lot of allegations swirling around him. Yeah. One of the first responders on the scene is has claimed that he was seen injecting Marilyn with a syringe. That's another thing. To the chest. Yes. And that he, again, the first responder says, and what was in the tube is not what adrenaline looks like. Because that's no. what you do. You pump them with adrenaline in the hopes of resuscitating them. Right. And that the color, the brownish syrupy color in the tube doesn't match what adrenaline looks like. Yes. But he the doctor said like everyone out i'm her doctor injects her with this syringe and then he's actually the one that proclaims her dead at the scene not normal that is not normal that is not protocol there was also a rumor that she was still alive yes before he arrived yes and then she died right after he administered the you know adrenaline quote unquote 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 unquote. Mm -hmm. and there was also a report that he as he was administering the adrenaline into her chest that he broke a couple of her rib bones yeah it was really bad like people standing around were like confused they didn't know what to do they're like well he's a doctor Mm -hmm. he tried to save her Mm -hmm. (laughs) and now she's dead 
Yeah, it's just like the final... It's such a horrific kind of death of just like these men deciding this woman's life, essentially. Yeah. Who, her life is marked by men deciding things for her. It really is like a horrifyingly appropriate end for the way that she was treated. And it's just so sad. I mean, the fact that he was sleeping, allegedly sleeping with her, Mm -hmm. is so fucked up. Like, you're supposed to help this human. And instead, you're fucking them. Like, it's mind-blowing and if you're and willing eventually to do that fucking them over yeah like yeah. And if you're willing to do that the slippery slope is in full effect like there is apparently no limit to which this man will go oh yeah he's not the only one right oh uh, contender number two peter lawford mm-hmm. conspiracy theorists who have always suspected foul play there is an intriguing note to the effect that marilyn monroe might have distrusted and even feared jfk's brother-in-law peter lawford mm-hmm. who was the last person to speak to her on the phone apparently mm-hmm. so some say it was um you know greenson others say that it was dimaggio jr and then there's statements that no it was actually Lawford, who was the one mm-hmm. who was the last one on the phone. So in the handsome green engraved Italian diary that um, she supposedly kept, probably dating to around 1956, she had appeared, uh, no, appended this fearful note to a short list of people she loved and trusted. The feeling of violence, I have lately been feeling afraid for Peter. He might harm me, poison me, etc. Why strange looks in his in his eyes, strange behavior. In fact, now I think I know why he's been here so long because I need to be frightened. Hmm. So she was already fearing him mm-hmm. in the very beginning. And there was also a report that Peter Lawford was the one who ordered the body to be placed back in her bed. So incriminating evidence of there being foul play would be removed and for the anima to dissolve into her system. Mm-hmm. So some claim that she had taken the pills. She fell asleep. Mm-hmm. She had, um, no, Peter Lawford had informed Eunice to go in there with the anima, instructed by Dr. Greason on how to administer mm-hmm. it while Marilyn was knocked out cold. And that would explain why there's no trace of the drugs in her stomach. Exactly. Because Mm, again wild speculation but the level of drugs in her system is so high you wouldn't be able to ingest it orally and it doesn't show up in her digestive tract right so it either had to be injected or it had to be absorbed another way there's only so many ways our body absorbs nutrients like that just is the way it is exactly Mm -hmm. and then another one we have the kennedy brothers Mm -hmm. (laughs) her association with the kennedy family possibly got her killed as we discussed in the first part monroe's alleged relationship with kennedy um factors in almost all conspiracy theories about her death she was famously rumored to be sleeping with president jfk a rumor she helped stroke with the notorious sultry version of happy birthday mr Mm -hmm. president that she sang to jfk mere months before her death but later rumors claimed she was also having an affair with the younger brother of course attorney general robert kennedy Mm -hmm. now she was then um possibly killed by robert kennedy to cover up their affair that's another one that's been thrown into the bunch Mm -hmm. so first advanced by right ring crackpot 
Frank A. Capelli in a 1964 pamphlet, the theory states that Monroe was indeed sleeping with Robert Kennedy, but got too attached and he had her murder to protect his career. Mm -hmm. Capelli also accused the Kennedys and several other people who knew Monroe of being communist spies. Mm -hmm. So there you kind of have it. And that leads us to her being killed, possibly by the CIA, to hurt the Kennedys. In a book, Victim, The Secret Tapes of Marilyn Monroe, Matthew Smith claims that the CIA knew Marilyn Monroe and Robert Kennedy were having an affair and killed her to get back at the Kennedy family for their disastrous Bay of Pigs invasion. So that's another possibility right there, Mm -hmm. because that was an intense disastrous and this goes back to what i said is now you're playing with the big dogs there you go you know and it's that thing of like okay well could she go toe-to-toe with john f kennedy maybe could she go to toe with both brothers and their brother-in-law yeah probably she's a big name she's got her own clout she's a known entity people are going to wonder where she is yeah can you go toe-to-toe with a presidential administration, the head of our legal branch, and also the CIA, and now the mob is involved, and now the FBI is involved? Like, all of a sudden, it becomes very crowded in that bungalow. Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. That's a very crowded bungalow with it a is. lot of shade and tea a right there. A lot of really heavy hitters. I mean, J. Edgar hated the Kennedys, and mm-hmm. so it's like... Again, who who knows? This is wild speculation, but there are big chess pieces at play here. Oh, yeah. No checkmate right there. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then we have the mafia. This yes. was another one. Huge one. Huge ones. She was killed by the mafia to hurt the Kennedys. Mm-hmm. So, like you said, it's like being involved with the Kennedys. She wanted to hurt them, but then, other, then again, other people wanted to hurt the Kennedys as well. Yes. The book Double Cross claims that Monroe was actually murdered on the orders of Chicago Mafia boss Sam Gaciano. According to the authors Chuck and Sam Gonciano, Sam's brother and godson, she was killed to send a message to Robert Kennedy mm-hmm. to back off his crusade against the mob. A similar theory was advanced by private detective Milo Spareglio, mm-hmm. who claimed Jimmy Hoffa was also involved. No Kennedys this time. Donald Spotto claimed in his 1993 book, Marilyn Monroe, the biography, that her death was an accidental overdose, which happened because Marilyn Monroe lied to her two doctors about the amount of medication she'd been prescribed. Mm. A Afraid of the possible consequences, said Spato, the doctor staged Monroe's death as a suicide with the help of her housekeeper. Mm-hmm. Once again, Eunice is brought into the light. Eunice. God damn it. Uh, the thing, yeah, so a brief history of the Kennedys, they have deep mob connections. Oh, and yeah. it's highly likely that, that John F. Kennedy won Illinois because of their father's connection through like the bootlegging prohibition era to the mafia. Mm-hmm. So then when Bobby Kennedy turns around and literally goes on such a highly publicized crusade against the mafia, they're like, whoa, motherfuckers. Like, <laughs> we got you to where you are. You don't get to bite the hand that feeds you. Exactly. And one of the things I was watching is this really intense um, footage of the indictment between Bobby Kennedy and... Um, Oh, shoot, you just said his name. What's the mafia guy's name? Sam. The other one. Jimmy Hoffa. Thank you, Hoffa. (laughs) Could not think of it. 
Uh, it's this crackpot reporting that they come here for. <laughs> um, but there's this moment in the deposition, and they're both saying the same sentence. And it's that weird thing of like, no, you know what I'm not saying. And then like Bobby Kennedy's like, no, you like we both know. And he keeps saying like, you need to say, you need to say. And Jimmy Hoffa's like, you know what I'm saying. I don't need to say anymore. In his deposition. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people theorize that that is in reference to the sort of warning murder of Marilyn Monroe. Yeah. It's just a web of of suspects and theories for sure. It's just everyone's a big player here. Yes. And she has gotten involved with a lot of these players. Mm -hmm. I mean, I I know she's involved with even the mafia too. They, They knew her. Oh, of course. Oh, yeah, for sure. Now, there's another theory, too, that's a little oh, far-fetched. Yes. <laughs> the government over aliens. Yes. <laughs> this was brought up. She was going to expose the truth behind UFOs. So the latest one to emerge, courtesy of uh, Gizmodo.com, it's probably the strangest and least, and least probable mm-hmm. Dr. Stephen Greer, who is the subject of the documentary, uh, unacknowledged claimed that Marilyn Monroe was killed by the government because she was threatening to leak classified information about extraterrestrials. Cool story. <laughs> I mean, oh, goodness. And no words. <laughs> Sips the coffee. No words. There's just, <laughs> oh, goodness. I don't know. There's so much swirling around this theory that's like, I understand where it's coming from. I was watching the, I believe it's the um, Jimmy Kimmel interviews with Bill Clinton and Barack Obama regarding whether or not there are aliens. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, he's saying, like, as soon as I was sworn in, I would, like, run and, like, try and figure out what happened. And everybody, like, hyper-analyzes the <laughs> both presidents' faces. Yeah. And says, like, they're hiding this secret, and they're both, like, making it light of it, but it's, like, actually very serious. And then, like, that's what Marilyn Monroe was killed of because, like, she knew and she was going to expose it and JFK couldn't be exposed or, like, be... caught up with like pillow talk and sharing secrets like that all seems like a lot it does it's a lot but there are a lot of motives surrounding her Mm -hmm. um a lot of people really do believe that it it had to do with the mafia Mm -hmm. and it had to do with bobby kennedy because there was another report that came out with investigative author darwin porter who knew the star claims that uh, five mafia hoodlums working under orders from mob boss Sam Gaciano mm-hmm. carried out the hit. But he also believes that Bobby, who secretly visited Marilyn with his British brother-in-law, Peter mm-hmm. Lawford, hours before she died. So there was another claim that Bobby was there at her house mm-hmm. before she died, and that had a lot to do with the death. Of course, Bobby didn't do it, according to Porter, who tells the mirror in an exclusive interview, he was very, he was a very smart man. He wouldn't have done it. Mm-hmm. Sam Gaziano had the motive to kill her. She was threatening to blow the lid off of his operation. So there's another, you know, conspiracy theory that she was going to blow the lid on the Kennedys. No, she was going to blow the lid on the mafia boss, Sam Gaziano. But it also begs the question, did someone pay him to murder Marilyn? And if someone did pay him, the only person that I can think of is Kennedy. Mm-hmm. So some believe Kennedy did, didn't order it. CIA boss James Angleton did. They were 
bugging her phone because of her pillow talk with the president telling her secrets he shouldn't have and both brothers dropping her so she was going to hold a press conference like i said before Mm -hmm. two days later she's found dead so she was planning a big press conference to throw everyone under the bus obviously murder that was well understood by many at the time only the reasons for it were not known until now um you could check the clips with dr stephen greer on maryland the truth that will probably surprise you quite a bit Mm -hmm. but the following year jfk very likely had to go Mm -hmm. because he was you know later killed that year yes hell jfk is another one that couldn't quite control himself either Mm -hmm. he was hard to handle um publicly and obviously to send a clear message not even the president is safe so better watch out our strange guys uh podcast brought up a shocking fact about jfk i was talking to them too the other day about it um they mentioned that jfk was addicted to meth to treat chronic pain he sustained during world war ii and wanted us to pull out of vietnam so um they also had a an episode on their podcast with john teeny of weird lectures and ghost stalkers so john explains how he started assisting someone who did lectures on jfk and it Mm. turns out that the night before jfk was assassinated he ran up and down the halls of a hotel naked sacred service had to apprehend him whoa so a lot of people had to go marilyn monroe had to go Mm -hmm. john f kennedy had to go they were just <laughs> so much shit hitting the fan at well, this point. And then eventually Bobby Kennedy. Eventually Bobby Kennedy. He's the last of them, but, it, you know, a decade later, not even a full decade, but you know what I mean? Like, yes. It just is that thing. And, you know, later the housekeeper alleges that Bobby Kennedy was there in California and he has like oh, yeah. a pretty he has an alibi and says he wasn't there but there's like other people who allege that he was so again who's covering up for whom he had an alibi now who did he have to pay for that alibi Mm -hmm. you know what i mean Mm -hmm. in your final thoughts of all of this Mm -hmm. what do you think happened what do I think happened? The night of the morning of August 5th. I'm going to go on a little bit of a tangent. Go. Did you ever read Sharp Objects, which is uh, by the same author who did Gone Girl and... Uh, no. It's a movie with Charlize Theron and it's very good. So shameless book plug. Oh, wait. No, I've seen that movie where she... She survives like a... Uh, her family is all murdered and she's the only she's survivor the only and, and now she's she, an adult she's an adult and she's trying to like figure out the yes. mystery and yes. then she you know and the i don't want to give away the ending but right. i know what happens yeah yeah and so the reason i even bring that up no spoilers um <laughs> is that the, the whole time you are sort of trying to figure out who did it and the actual events that happen on that night are a lot of little pieces that add up to one big piece. So it's not that there's a black and white answer and this one thing happens. It's that a bunch of things converge in this almost perfect storm. And the reason I even bring that up is not just to spoil books for people, although I do love doing that. (laughs) Um, Is I think that that is a very similar real life situation with what happened with Marilyn Monroe. Especially like you're saying, when you start looking at it from the viewpoint of a piece on a chessboard that has to be eliminated, Mm -hmm. removing Marilyn Monroe solves a lot of people's problems. Yes. And so 
I think the truth is probably a little bit of all of these theories, you know, maybe not the alien one, but that they all probably have some roots in the truth and that the actuality of what happened is in the center of that Venn diagram. So my all of that to say, that's a very long-winded way of saying what I think happened is that the Kennedys... Man, this is such a it's such a convoluted web. I, I, can't I know, even isn't it? Because I know it's just trying to organize. Yeah, so every, what, all the sequences. <laughs> what I think happened is that the Kennedys and the mob were incredibly at odds, and that the deal with the mafia was like, you we'll get you into office, and you can run on this sort of Camelot knight in shining armor platform, uh-huh. but do not come for us. And so when they are in power, I think they thought, well, now that we're here, we can do whatever we want. That very young machismo. Yeah. And we're going to go after the mafia. Bobby, especially, as the attorney general, really goes after them. And I think in an effort to silence them, the Kennedys, the mafia sees Marilyn as a way to control them. And I think, unfortunately... When JFK most likely told her things, Mm -hmm. possibly Bobby, but I think JFK probably is more likely that he told her things that she should not have known. So that's a burden that he placed on her. Yeah. That then she tried to possibly weaponize, like you were saying with this press conference, and that once that, you know, again, she's in a, especially you're talking about, uh, the hotel that's owned by Frank Sinatra, another person with incredible mob ties. The Cal Neva. Um, that was probably known that she was thinking about doing that. And oh, yeah. from that point of view, she now is someone that they could use to control the Kennedys. In order to do that, they have to be able to control Marilyn. This is where I think the doctor comes into play. So again, it's all these mm-hmm. tangled, tangled no, webs. No, I, I 100% agree. So I think the mob got in contact with her psychotherapist Mm -hmm. and whether he agreed because he wanted the money like you were saying whether they were threatening him whatever it ended up being i think that he was the executioner's axe for the mob under duress in order to control the kennedys and that bobby kennedy was in L.A. to try and convince her not to do the press conference, but I don't think that he specifically was involved with her killing. I think that the the housekeeper and the doctor were the instruments of death. The mafia was the engine behind that, and the Kennedys were right the target. Right there, right there. Yeah. I was just, yes, yeah, segueing into yeah. what I believe mm-hmm. happened, that right there. Because mm-hmm. their stories don't add up. No. They're whole mannerism after like her death just doesn't it doesn't add up yeah and there's taped or you know the housekeeper they're asking her well why did you wait so long and she literally cannot answer just stuttering and hem hawing and backtracking for minutes on end and finally it comes out like well i had to call her publicist to see what i should do that's such a simple answer. If that were the truth, mm-hmm. you would have had that. And maybe you would have like been weird about saying that because it is a mistake, but it's a lie. It I is. don't trust her. 
So that's my opinion. I think it's a lot of, you know, members at play. And unfortunately, when you remove Marilyn, things get a lot easier for a lot of people. I agree. Yeah. As sad as that sound. Lady of Sorrow. I agree. Yeah. In the long run, she was taken advantage of. Yeah, again. Again. Mm-hmm. And that whole incident at the Calneva Hotel and Casino mm. with those two mobsters that raped her, I think that was a warning. Mm-hmm. That was a warning, like, back off. Mm-hmm. But then I think it was already too late, you know? Well, and She was goes, already in this nasty game. Yes, and, you know, it's that thing where the director of The Misfits mm-hmm. said... It got to a point where we all knew she was doomed. And I think that that is this case where at a certain point, she's so far down the rabbit hole. Yes. It just can't be helped or stopped, unfortunately. Yes. Mm. Right there. That's our thoughts on her death. Yeah. Her her death, her murder. I think it was a murder. <laughs> it wasn't a, it wasn't a, it, like we call it murder suey. Murder suey. <laughs> I mean, a lot of people like to call it probable suicide because, I mean, she had a lot of issues. There was also claim that she requested a refill on her Nebutal the night before and she had attempted suicide once before. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, she didn't leave anything set up mm-hmm. like she didn't set up anything okay well i want so and so to do this and get this it wasn't there were there was no setup of her estate mm-hmm. um so that's another thing that we can segue into what happened to her estate what mm-hmm. happened after her death in her will she had a will marilyn monroe left several thousands of dollars to her half sister bernice baker oh. i know because she ends up meeting her you mm-hmm. know you know, before her death, of course, um, and they always kept in touch. And her secretary, uh, May Reyes, uh, a share for the education of her friend, Norman Rostin's daughter, and then established a $100,000 trust fund to cover the costs of the care of her mother and the widow of her acting teacher, Michael Chekhov. Now, Mm. from the remaining estate, she granted 25% to her former um, psychiatrist, this bitch, Marianne Chris, mm-hmm. for the furtherance of the work as such um, psychiatric institutions mm. or groups as she shall elect. And 70, 75%, including her personal effects, film royalties, and real estate to Lee Strasberg, whom she instructed to distribute her effects among my friends, colleagues, and those whom I am devoted to according to her words. Due to legal complications, the beneficiaries were not paid out until 1971. Wow. Crazy. Funny how Dr. Greenson is not in, in this little... Mm-hmm. Well, it's kind of funny. What a... I know. She even knew. I think deep down inside, she's like, I don't think this guy is bueno. Right. So there you have it, guys. <laughs> we just gave you pretty much cliff notes of the theories yes. and suspects of... You know, possible motives mm-hmm. leading up to her death and after her death as well. Yeah. I mean, it's just that incredibly sad thing of like, would we even be having this conversation? Obviously not because we're a paranormal podcast, but, <laughs> uh, you know, she died so young in such complicated circumstances yeah. at the height of her career and is then frozen in time as this like sex symbol movie star of the golden era Mm -hmm. and so you know had she not been involved in these things had she not been killed all of that had she lived a full life i don't think she would have the same impact or the same like status that she does Mm -hmm. being 
she is an icon, sadly, because she was killed. Yes. I think. And it's so sad, but it's like this weird, like she's memorialized and immortalized because of her death. Mm -hmm. What a horrible way. So she's a martyr. It's so Mm -hmm. sad. Yeah. Ugh. She like led a true Hollywood story. Yeah. Right there. Unfortunately. Yeah. True Lady of Sorrow, as we said before. So now, guys, we can talk about ghosts. Ghosts. (laughs) We go into the paranormal aftermath Mm -hmm. of Marilyn Monroe. So uh, according to Brian Clune of Hollywood Obscura, there are several places where Marilyn Monroe haunts. The main one is the infamous Roosevelt Hotel. She's mainly felt and seen in room number 1200. Patrons of the room have stated that they would hear what sounds like a woman's voice speaking and even singing. One guest has encountered and reported seeing what looks like a woman sitting at the foot of his bed, looking at him smiling. The woman who is very gorgeous and blonde resembles Marilyn Monroe, donned in her red lipstick. Yes. So other people have stated that they felt cold spots in that room. They sense uh, they have the sense of being watched along with seeing what looks like a pink mist or light orbs that kind of circulate around the room. They also have stated of seeing a uh, a face of a woman floating. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Another area within the hotel um, is well, it's actually a piece of furniture of the mm-hmm. hotel. It's the full length mirror that the was mirror. once yeah, yeah that was once in her suite in suite number twelve hundred where Marilyn stayed in. So in nineteen eighty five, just before the hotel was to reopen after a long renovation, one of the employees who was busy cleaning the mirror, which at the time was in the general manager's office. Um, She said that she saw the reflection of a blonde girl looking at her when she turned around and asked the woman if she needed help. There was nobody there. And when she turned back to look at the mirror to continue dusting and cleaning it, she could see the reflection of the woman again who was still staring at her. Mm -hmm. Now, even though the employee never said the woman was Marilyn Monroe, most people believe that that is her in the mirror because Marilyn Monroe would always gaze at herself daily mm-hmm. and um, she may have imprinted part of her spirit within the glass. So the mirror has been moved a number of times around the location of the hotel. People have claimed that, you know, when it was in the lobby that they still see Marilyn's reflection in the glass. But unfortunately, from what I found out through a friend of mine, the mirror is now kept in a storage area mm. in the hotel, which kind of sucks. So that's pretty recent, though, right? <laughs> yeah, it is. It is fairly recent. I was say because I was at the Roosevelt once, and for anyone who hasn't been before, there are a couple different like uh, levels, if you will, of accessibility. So if you're just walking in off the street, yes, you can kind of go into like this little area of the lobby. And if you're like there and like dressed well enough, you can go into like a little bit further to like the bar and oh, the yeah. restaurant. And then if you're there for like the actual event that may or may not be happening and you like have proof, then you're in like the VIP areas, like the ballroom and all of that. Oh, or yeah. if you're staying there, obviously you can go up to the final level, which is like the guest rooms. It's so fucking expensive to stay there it's at night. It's incredibly it's expensive. It's like starting rate is $300. Yeah. I don't know how people stay there. I think they're staying for like the experience of it. Yeah. So I've only ever been to like <laughs> level two, let's say. Like I went and like the bar is beautiful. It's really it nice. It is. I've been to the bar, had and, sweet potato fries at oh, the bar. God, it's so amazing. Good. But when I was there, this was 
was uh, several years ago when I first moved to Hollywood and the mirror was still there and I wouldn't look at it. I was like, no, I'm good. I'm just going to be over here. Like, no. I'll gloat about you from afar. Yeah. It was, so that, you know, that was still like at least six years ago now five or six years mm-hmm. so I didn't realize they had moved it that's kind of a bummer they moved it to a storage area because a friend of mine went to go because um, I told her about the story mm-hmm. and she inquired about it when she went there a couple weeks ago and they told her that they moved it to a storage area that makes sense yeah and you know what I, I don't know if there's a coincidence with this I don't know if it, if it maybe was her energy that probably organized this or rearranged mm-hmm. the stars but Marilyn Monroe from what I read was an avid yoga oh really um, she was an avid yogi Wow. Yeah, she liked to do yoga. Damn, There's pictures bro. of her doing yoga on the beach. And when I was um, a member of Core Power Yoga, we mm-hmm. would always do yoga mimosas at the Hotel Roosevelt, which Love is it. like down the street, so Hollywood. But the area where we would do our sessions was on a breezeway that led to her room. No. It, I. <laughs> because <laughs> when I saw room 1200 and then I saw pictures of the room. You're like, I've been here. And then I saw how to get to the room. I'm like, that's the same breezeway where we would do our yoga classes. I just felt that that was kind of a coincidence. Mm-hmm. That's so specific and creepy. Yeah, but I always felt like good juju around there. Sure. I always did. Even like when we were in our savasana poses mm. um, and, you know, deep in our meditation, I always felt, you know, positive around there. Well, it would make sense. Like, I feel like so many of the things we talk about, because what, right, one of the things with haunting is that. Mm-hmm. It, it gets a little murky if it's not the place they died. It's like, well, what's actually happening there? Because, like, otherwise, if the ghost has unfinished business, that would most likely be where they expired. I think one of the answers to that is that energy imprints onto things. So, like, yeah. the mirror, like you were saying, with her constantly being concerned with her appearance and all of that, that would imprint on the mirror. If she's doing, like, yoga and practicing mindfulness and like mm-hmm. all of those things that's going to imprint a positive energy so of course like you would then pick that up while you're yeah. on a similar wavelength like that all makes sense to me mm-hmm. it all kind of like ties in together good for you Marilyn get that I yoga know. girl get that yoga even in her afterlife I mm-hmm. always wonder maybe in spirit she was doing yoga with us mm, nice okay <laughs> now here's another story during her life um you know while Ma- Marilyn was embroiled in scandal hooking mm-hmm. up with the president and of course his brother Bobby uh, Marilyn uh was known to frequent the Calneva Hotel and Casino as we mentioned mm-hmm. before on the border between California and Nevada she would you know have her own cabin mm-hmm. which was cabin number three she was often there um a lot to you know pretty much get away from the city Mm -hmm. life but um she had her own bungalow at the time the resort closed its doors there were still the tunnels that led directly into sinatra's and monroe's closets supposedly these were left over from prohibition Mm -hmm. and um there were still tours that were being given throughout this hotel because it is you know a landmark this was like the place of the 1960s to venture to because the Rat Pack, Marilyn Monroe, even the Kennedys would venture there. So there are these tours that are given throughout the hotel and you can take them through the tunnels that lead directly to the room where Bobby Kennedy and his brother would always stay. Cabin where Marilyn Monroe stayed, people who would stay in this cabin had reported, this is like before the closure, had reported smelling what smelled like a perfume scent. (gasps) And they believe that it may be Marilyn Monroe. 
Um, they would also sense uh, being watched. And at one point, someone even stated that they had seen Marilyn sitting in the chair at the mirror during a tour. Whoa. So the tour group will go through the tunnels and they would always stop at a certain light hanging in the corridor near where the stairs leading to Monroe's no. secret no. <laughs> closet entry was be, located. I would not be going into a <laughs> tunnel tour. All right, guys, let's go to this dark, scary tunnel. No. So they would take the tours through this tunnel and they will stop at a certain light. <laughs> Bryce, I'm sorry. I know. I'm, I'm st- trying to compose myself. I swear there's times when we were recording this. I need to put like... My phone on recording because your facial expression. <laughs> you could not get me to go into a, a tunnel tour. It's ridiculous. I see Absolutely in a sketch not. In your sketchers, like grabbing your stuff. Yeah, rugs no. Going. I'll I'll wait outside. Like no. No me gusta. No no. no. <laughs> of course, there's a light hanging in the corner. In your, with your Starbucks and oh, your yeah. Skechers shuffling away. Absolutely not. Okay, I'd be waiting going. out I'm here sorry. in the natural light. I'm sorry. It's just ridiculous. <laughs> We're going to go on a tunnel tour. Bye. Bye. Absolutely not. <laughs> Did not buy tickets for this. All right. So they stop at a certain light hanging in the corridor near where the stairs leading to Monroe's secret closet entry was located and how this was known to be Marilyn's light. Now... This is where it kind of gets crazy. So the tour guy explains that it was a light that was permanently lit. No switch to turn it off. There are at times where the light will, you know, stay on for days. It would stay on for days. No one knew how to turn the light off. Mm -hmm. There was no switch for it. There was just no way to shut it off when they needed to shut off. So one day, a maintenance man comes in to replace, you know, the bulbs Mm -hmm. and some of the lighting in the corridors. And he was checking out Marilyn's light. And he checked, you know, the wiring. He replaced the bulbs. He said that there were times when he would, you know, be in that tunnel and he would be in pitch darkness and he would ask, you know, Marilyn to turn on the light for him. No. Marilyn would turn on the light. The light would turn on. He would also feel the sense of, you know, being watched, that someone was behind him when he would walk down the corridor. He would hear what sounds like footsteps following him. Oh, my God. It could be Marilyn or it could be maybe the old gangsters from the Prohibition era. You never know. Still moving, you know, alcohol to and from, you know. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> don't go into the tunnels. Just don't ever go in the don't tunnel. Don't go into the woods. Don't go into the tunnels. Basically, only go into a Starbucks. That's the only safe place. <laughs> but a lot of people claim that if you go on this tour, if you tour the tunnels and you stop at the Marilyn Monroe light, if, you, if the light's out, if the light is off, and if you ask her nicely, you say, Marilyn Monroe, may you please light this light for us, the light will spring on. No. Oh my god. <laughs> that's that's no. I would be down there, Marilyn. Um, give me two blinks if the Kennedys were behind yeah. your murder. All right. Was it the mafia? Give me two blinks. Yeah. Two blinks for yes or one blink for no. Do it. That's so <laughs> insane. <laughs> Oh my god! Your face, you're just, just can't. like you're getting anxiety. The thought of being underground PBTSD? in the pitch black really doesn't sound that appealing yeah. to me, anyway. <laughs> but also, like, oh, and also me and these prohibition era ghosts. No, no, absolutely not. 
That would scare me a little bit, like mm-hmm. gangster ghosts. No. No. So another place where Marilyn Monroe is mostly seen is her home in Brentwood, California. Mm-hmm. She always took pride of the fact that she owned po- property and it made her feel like a grown-up. Marilyn's spirit has reportedly been seen outside in the alley that serves as a street leading to her home. So there is a theory that Marilyn was alive when she was removed from the house and died being placed on the ambulance to be taken to the hospital. Mm. That was just one of the theories that lingered around there. So people have claimed mm -hmm. that they see a spirit. If you remember in um, episode eight of The Casting Curse, I was posting pictures of what looks like Marilyn's ghost sitting on the poolside and sitting or standing on the edge of the or this edge of the like the garage door. Mm. It was like this gateway garage entrance to lead into the house. And there's this picture of what looks like a woman standing on the edge of that door. It's really creepy. But it's on our Instagram if you yeah. like dig a little deep right there. So um, there's also been claims that people have heard what sounds like a woman singing and talking in and around the hallways of the house. There's also a picture of what looks like the ghost of Marilyn Monroe sitting by the pool. Another report has stated that a neighbor um, saw what looked like a young woman walking past the windows one day. And she thought, oh, the neighbors had came, like, finally come mm. home from being out of town. She goes and knocks on the door. No one answers. The next day, she, she finally sees the neighbors coming in with their suitcases. And she's like, oh, was, you know, I thought that you probably got home yesterday. Why do you think that? I saw someone walking past the window look looked like a young woman. Did you guys have a house at her? No. Uh. <laughs> yeah. One occurrence where a resident was um, fast asleep in the Marilyn Monroe room where she had passed. Uh, she was asleep in bed around 2.30 in the morning. She felt what what seemed like someone was getting in bed with her, Ugh. like someone was crawling into bed with her. She turned around and no one was there. So that was another claim. <laughs> yeah. So that's, you know, another place where people have seen her. Mm-hmm. Now, another interesting side note this doesn't have to do with Marilyn, but mm-hmm. this is what I found out through Hollywood Obscura. Um, Robert Kennedy, the man most likely to have ordered her kill, if indeed she was murdered, was shot and killed a short distance away from Hollywood at the Ambassador Hotel mm-hmm. on June 5th, 1968, just after winning the California Democratic primary. He was gunned down and hit several times by Shahan Shahan. And Kennedy died the following day, and the hotel has since been closed and then demolished to make way for a high school. However, before it was shut down, there were many reports of Bobby's spirit being seen in the kitchen passageway. Now, once the school itself was built, it was designed to look just like the old Ambassador Hotel. (laughs) Perfect. Sure, what could go wrong with that? Students will report to their teachers and staff that they were seeing a man who wasn't there. He would appear and then disappear. And once they had given a description of the man, it closely resembles Bobby Kennedy. No. Still, there have been no reports of ghostly activity persisting, either because the spirit has left or no one is allowed to talk about it. Oh, my God. That's so crazy. (laughs) So um, that is the paranormal aftermath of Marilyn Monroe. And just a little tidbit of Bobby Kennedy right there. Yeah, I mean, 
that's the thing too is living in Hollywood she really is alive in this city like she is everywhere whether over it's, Hollywood Boulevard for what, sure yeah whether it's the impersonators or the wax figure the murals of her the memorabilia of her the paranormal all of it it's just there is a presence of Marilyn she is this city and it's so palpable Yes. And so for all of that to be happening, it's just like, well, either the city has manifested itself in her or vice versa, but that she really is almost everywhere you look. Mm -hmm. She is still alive in some ways. I I give her that. Like, she is still alive. Um, She lives, you know, in a lot of the murals around the city. Yeah. And a lot of the, you know, impersonators on Hollywood Boulevard that hound you for that dollar tip after you take a picture with them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just everywhere, you know, even down the street. She went to high school at Van Nuys High School, just like down the street from where we are. Yeah. It's insane. And her legacy still lives on. Her name is still, I mean, it still makes money. Oh, yeah. Like her name generates a lot of money to this very day. It's, I mean, it is synonymous with like that era of Mm -hmm. glamorous Hollywood and then all of the seedy underpinnings of that time. Mm -hmm. She's the big fish. Yeah. It's just really (laughs) sad that she led a short life, but she went through so much in that short life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that it was marked by sort of, I mean, not to get like hyper political, but Mm -hmm. her life really was marked by like men using her for their own advantage i mentioned it in part one there would be no hugh hefner without marilyn monroe no there wouldn't and there was no she was not compensated for that she was not acknowledged for that he literally just used her image without her permission yeah without compensating her to make his empire Mm mm-hmm and that was pretty much par for the course for her life. And it's just so sad. And I think, you know, we're getting better about that. Yeah. But we still have a long way to go. We still do. I agree. And I think that's part of why so many people relate to her. Mm-hmm. And, like, why so many young actresses at the school, you know, so many of them. Oh, that yeah. She is their, mm-hmm. like, saint patron saint almost and it's because they relate to the struggle that she and you know the heights of fame that she achieved that Mm -hmm. is the goal so she lives on in our hearts but she does it's a sad one and in elton john's songs yeah (laughs) yeah all right should we take it to a kind of long close i know so guys this is our last episode for our first season um, as you heard before in our past episodes, mm-hmm. we're going to be taking a bit of a short hiatus. Don't worry. Just a little one. Just, just, a little one. One. just half of April and all through May. We'll come back in early June, but we are hitting a pretty heavy load at our jobs right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> as Bryce has mentioned before, he's afraid of emails. I'm about to be in that position mm-hmm. as well. It, it's going to get very busy for yes. us at our work. And not to mention, I should, I want to just gloat about it for a bit. But I am going to be flown to Portland because this film that I worked on that was a short film in 2014 just got greenlit to be a feature. So it's going to get me into the big girls union of costuming. And I just found out that our lead actor, I can't give away anything, 
but he is the godfather of all character actors. Uh, all I can say is that he was in Pet Cemetery, The Green Mile, and Shawshank Redemption. It's me. It's you. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yes. Surprise. Surprise. That's awesome. <laughs> and he's a mountain of a man, so I'm going to have to figure out how to dress him. But I will be in a place in Portland where The Goonies and Short Circuit was filmed. There you guys. There you guys. That's I'm kind of fangirling. So amazing. I am not going to have a life for the next two months. Worth it. And I will take my own personal hiatus you know from for a year for another year because i am just kind of done right yeah. now except for this podcast i still want to work on this podcast of Yay. course of course and um i also want to say like a big thank you to our listeners it's been awesome you, <laughs> it's yeah i i'm just speechless right now i'm literally speechless mm. i want to give a big thank you to two people in particular in the very beginning when we uploaded our first episode um, and made it public. I want to give a big shout out to Dark Divide because yeah. you noticed us in the very beginning. You gave us a, a really cool shout out on Twitter and I keep you guys in our in, in our heart, Dark Divide. And I know that you're doing bigger and better things with your other podcast, Big Conversations, yes. which I highly recommend that you all listen to because, I mean, it's a great break from all, you know, what we've been talking yeah. about as well. <laughs> this super light subject. And then, of course, to Jerry Polly of Hillbilly oh, Horror Story. They- for, the best. <laughs> for being our Yoda, just for being, mm-hmm. you know, our uh, special ear for us to like, you know, to, you know, talk to if we have any questions mm-hmm. or needed a little advice. We want to say thank you to you, Jerry. And, you know, we love you, man. <laughs> yeah, they're great. <laughs> they're amazing. And to all of you guys who follow us on Twitter and Instagram, we see you and we adore you please follow us and stalk us on instagram and on our facebook page you can find us at hollywood paranormal and on twitter at hwp podcast if you want to say hi you want to submit stories of your own yes. please do because we love to do these listener episodes of paranormal yeah, experiences please so cool it's so funny to see bryce read them I and know. like freak out <laughs> juanathan you're one i know he really <laughs> did it. I honestly, every day since then, I thought about that story. <laughs> story. Like, trail of Tears. Oh, like, no. Why would they do that? There's another Trail of Tears from here to your house. Yes. So. <laughs> yes. So we definitely would love to keep in touch with you guys through our Gmail. So you can find us at hollyweird at gmail.com. Message us. Even if it's just to say hi or what's yes. up, you can find us on Instagram and do that. Just slip into our DMs. And of course, we can't forget our spiritual base of the week. I want to give a big shout out to these guys, Invasions of the Remake. Mm-hmm. It's a weekly podcast with hosts Jason, Trish, and Sam exploring the cinematic remakes of old 80s, 70s, and you know, 90s films. They discuss films that have been remade for better or for worse, and they also do a good job giving their own personal critiques to these horror and retro gems. Um, and another one is Cold Case Murder Mysteries. I see you on Instagram and Hi. Twitter. Hi. It's a weekly true crime podcast with host Ryan Caros. I think I pronounced that correctly. If I didn't, I am so sorry, bro, who explores <laughs> high profile cases through mind bending psychology. So those two, Invasions of the Remake and Cold Case Murder Mysteries, are our spiritual bays of the week. We would definitely want to give our last shout-outs, too, before we come Yay. back in June. Yes. you have anything to say, Bryce? Um, I think just stay weird. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's always a good one. <laughs> always a good one. And if you want to re-listen and relive our stories, our episodes from our first season, you can do so on Apple Podcasts, yes. on Stitcher, on Google Play, on Blueberry, on what else? Podbay, Podknife. There's so yes, many ways to listen to us. If you we just are everywhere. <laughs> we are everywhere. But trust me, we're gonna come back stronger in our second season. We yeah. got some juicier stories. Yes. Um, that's a pun. <laughs> Juicier stories. We're going to be squeezing the juice on one special episode yes. of a true crime and paranormal aftermath of someone that likes, you know, to run. <laughs> <laughs> yes. This was a recommendation from one of our listeners on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Girl, we hear you. Don't worry. It's coming it's up. Coming. I didn't forget. Yes. So, yeah, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in to Hollywood Paranormal. You guys are the best. You guys are the bestest. We adore the hell out of you guys. Mucho. Yes. All right, Bryce, ready to take this to a quote? I'm ready. I'm going to be sad, but we'll be back. We'll be back. We'll be back. All right. You can just re-listen over and over. Right. And then we'll, it'll be like you never missed us. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. We'll miss you guys for sure. Yes. All right. Bye, guys. Bye. Stay weird. We'll be back. Bye.